Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. Episode 51. We're both alive. Yep. We we both survived. Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) It was so weird because, like, I think you told uh, me and Danny you, like, tested positive with COVID on, like, Wednesday or something. Yeah. And then literally, like, two days later on Friday, I was like, uh-oh. I, I, I got something. Yeah. But it wasn't COVID. Well, that's good. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like... You just uh, got a hint of COVID. So, yeah. Like, you didn't get all of it, but just, just a like a, a, a waft. <laughs> a little COVID waftling. Waftling? Waftling. That's my new term. That, I feel like, should be a magic card. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like it. Especially, uh, remember when they were doing those, um, those uh, joke packs and shit like that? <laughs> yep, yep. A waffling. <laughs> it's just a little fart demon. <laughs> so we read Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, War of the Monsters by Jeff Lemire, right? Yep. Yeah. Out on DC, of course. It's uh, part of the, the New 52 thing that they were doing back in the day. Right, like the 20 teens. I forget right. when. 2012, maybe? For yeah, this particular early-ish. Book. Yeah. 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 Somewhere around there. Uh, and we've covered a few books uh, written by Jeff Lemire as we well. We have. And we also covered a tiny little itty-bitty portion of Frankenstein way back when with, I believe, Wonder Woman? He showed up. There's a glimpse of Frankenstein in yeah. there. Yeah. And it's... that's what inspired this. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. For uh, what it is, but it also felt kind of derivative. It's campy nonsense. Yeah. It's, and War of Monsters. Yeah. It's it's really silly, and the basic premise, at least for the first part of the uh, um, uh, volume, is uh, there's a planet of literally monsters that opened up a portal underneath a place called Bone Lake. Yep. And there, uh, and all the monsters are invading Earth. It, to to consume it right yeah. as a, as a sustenance life so these monsters essentially are parasites right because the planet they're on in this other dimension wasn't their home planet it's just mm-hmm. what they traveled to to consume yep and it is dying yeah it's a it was like a, a sentient planet and uh, yeah during the uh, the issue they they eventually found out that you know the the planet itself was. Uh, uh, sending out like a distress signal or yep. something. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's uh, a planet full of monsters. Uh, you got sea monsters. You got land monsters. Well, I was gonna ask you, did did, did you have a favorite monster? Because they're all pretty awesome to me. Um. But I have one that I like. I have a soft spot for like deep sea horror, so probably the sea monsters. That's exactly what I was gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Like that big sea monster was my favorite. Yep. Especially since, like, all the little monsters thought uh, the mermaid was their mommy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, a decent amount of, like, subplots and mm-hmm. side story within this trade. Because you have Frankenstein and Mermaid Lady's relationship mm-hmm. that is no longer a relationship, but Frankenstein doesn't want that to be true to a degree. Like she's his ex-wife, right? Or not murder? No, no. It's 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 literally uh, Frankenstein's wife. Yeah, yeah. But they're not together anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of that. 
I don't know, relationship tension there. Yeah. And then you got tension with the humanids becoming sentient. Mm-hmm. All of this while Frankenstein and his team of uh, horror movies from Universal <laughs> go and fight monsters. Yeah, you got your uh, your vampire bat. Uh, you got your werewolf. And you got, and a, you got a mummy. mummy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's literally Universal Monsters. And it's great. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I just bought a Universal Monsters puzzle today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like a uh, uh, jigsaw? Yeah. Oh, nice. How many pieces? Uh, I don't know. Maybe a thousand. I think oh, a thousand. This will be a, a nice, cozy time. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just, there's a lot to it. And then, on top of that, those monsters we just discussed were created by a scientist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I. It was the mermaid lady. Yeah. And she fucked up the first time. Yeah. So there's, like, <laughs> fucked up monsters. Yep. There, there's that a... are hidden away. Including, uh, I, I believe at the very end, Frankenstein's son. Yep. So, we're all over the place with the book and yeah. how it... Fuck it. Who cares? Just read it. Yeah. In my fine. opinion. Uh, but, like, those fucked up monsters were in, like, a little space ball. Yeah. Inside of the other little, like, space ball. Yeah, it's like uh, one of those uh, Matryoshka dolls. Exactly. <laughs> But the deeper you go, the more fucked up it gets. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it, it just gets more more monstrous and more monstrous. Yes. And it's great. <laughs> now, I, I do want to point out... Um, so I noticed the mermaid lady's design looks a lot like a sapien. That's initial, that was my immediate response to it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And in fact, there's a, like, a lot of just like references to other comics throughout this entire book. Yeah. Like, there's the red Dr. Manhattan. Oh! Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a little... Vietnam, giant red naked guy. Instead of blue. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, fucking giant Dr. Manhattan. Uh, there's an Abe Sapien um, reference with the mermaid lady. Um, the furball special instead of the fastball special. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, little Easter eggs sprinkled throughout that I, you know, I enjoyed. It was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I made it. It's funny you the Doctor Manhattan thing because I recognized it and in my head, like I was thinking of something else besides this book, but I didn't pinpoint it. Mm. I was like, "Oh, that's something else." I could have sworn like at least one of the panels where it's like the giant red dude in the um, uh, Vietnam uh, jungle, right? That that literally could have come out of um, uh, Watchmen. Right, just straight lifted. Yep. Yeah. It's just you know, uh, let's change them to uh, red. It's so fine. Yeah. yeah. That's enough that we don't. Well, they own the they own that. DC yeah. owns that, so yeah. never mind. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> well, I guess it matters to Alan Moore, but yeah. Uh, isn't he a bit of a misanthrope? I I don't know. Is he I, a nihilist? <laughs> I think he's just a kooky, weird guy who thinks he has magic. Oh, okay. I think that's what it is. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I had something in the back of my head about the, the book, but now I'm thinking about Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> It'll pop up. I think by and far, the single greatest thing in this book to me was a little tiny girl being called father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it... it is it a girl or a boy? I don't actually know. Uh, I'm making assumptions. Yeah. I don't think I have a definitive. Because I mean, it's I'd a have to kid. Go look. Yeah. But 
But, like, it could be a boy in girls' clothing. Could be. I I just made the assumption out the rip. Yeah. If I'm wrong, I'm up. I apologize. But. She, he, this entity named Father, uh, Father Time, <laughs> also has two pigtails. Yep. That are very cute. And, uh, uh, you know, one of those old school, just over the eyes masks. Yes. It's like, <laughs> what, what is that? I don't know. I just feel like I wonder if, well, okay, so you get some context about who Father Time is, and apparently, like, he or she it changes bodies every so often. Right, yes. So you think, like, every time they go through this change, they just, like, decide on an outfit? Like <laughs> Doctor Who? Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious now, if they go through this, this change, is it that they are... Choosing to maybe change into a younger person so they can grow old again, or are they just whatever they choose for X amount of time oh, and then shit. and then swaps over? So are, is is this character always like we'll just say the cycle is three years? I have mm-hmm. no clue. Are they just the same non aging kid for three years and then they swap and they're Alan Moore for three years? <laughs> like I'm curious there. And another thing, um, if they, you know, they if they literally restart a life cycle, do they come back as a baby? And what happens when they're a baby? Right. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I'm not very familiar with uh, Father Time at all. Like, I've seen him uh, pop in and out of a couple of the other books I've read, mm-hmm. but I just don't really know much about him. I don't know shit about him either. Yeah. Um, I can't recall any book outside of this one where I've seen Father Time pop in. At least this Father Time character. Right. Yeah, and I think, like, all my, like, readings of him have been, like, kind of um, Justice League dark, magic-involved, like, Got it. stuff yeah. that, you know, he shows up in. But there were a, some, like, conveniences in, in storytelling on this. Like, they just magically had those giant tank tread spikes warhammer looking things with guns sure that what okay sure yeah like there's a lot of convenience and then those the little magical ball that the science lab or whatever's in Mm. is uh spatial whatever like it it's huge on the inside right it's a metropolis almost or a big city in it but on the outside to the outside world it's nothing Mm. so like that that's just a convenient plot point yeah you know so there's a few things that are just, oh, okay. Yeah. It's just stuff there to just, let's move it along. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine, like, if it's done well and it's not, like, really important shit that they're, you know, glossing over. Perfectly fine. Yeah. I also really enjoyed <laughs> the dynamic between the vampire character and the werewolf character. <laughs> it was just a good little, because, like, the vampire character is kind of a dick. Yeah. And the werewolf character is kind of like a cowering puppy almost. Yeah. In relation to their relationship, you know. Right. When they're fighting the hordes of monsters and shit, that's not the case at all. There's a lot of awesome bloodshed and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's yeah. a cute little dynamic. On the topic of uh, the werewolf being like a, you know, little puppy, I, I just distinctly remember this one panel where, you know, it's the team walking somewhere. And... You see the werewolf on all fours, walking like a dog. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's just like one little tiny panel. It's like, 
I have never seen that. Like, I've seen werewolves where it's literally just a person turned into a wolf. Right. Right. And I've seen werewolves where it's a person turned into a anthropomorphized wolf on two legs. Yep. Kind of hunched. Never, yeah. But I've never seen, like, one that goes back and forth. Right. They, well, I've never seen one that stays in werewolf form and runs on all four. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. So that's pretty <clears throat> neat. Um, and I also want to say, uh, so the vampire's name is Velcro, but the entire time I was reading it, it's Velcro. Velcro, yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just really stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I, uh, well, I can't do that because I, I, I use a digital reader. I just want to say, every time I turn the page, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> just get some... And then, nah, never mind. That's going nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dead joke. Dead joke. <laughs> I also like that no one had... Because uh, uh, Fish Lady didn't make the mummy, did mm. she? They, they just found They them. just found the mummy. <laughs> and it's just a magical mummy that hangs out with them. Mm-hmm. And that's hilarious to me. It's like, oh, look, a mummy! <laughs> It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, mm-hmm. You want to hang? You want to hang? <laughs> and then, and then, and then the mummy just fucking like heals people, and everyone's like, I don't know how it works, but I'm glad they're on our side. Right. <laughs> no, now you were making uh, some mummy sounds there, and I, I want to. So there's a lot of onomatopoeias in in the story, like you know, uh, and stuff well, like yeah. that, right? It, but like, I don't know for. Some reason this time when I was reading all of them, I read it as the characters saying her <laughs> What? And Murph. <laughs> like literally pronouncing the, the onomatopoeia is like Right. Instead of like, you know, expressing it. Fair. But they're just reading it out as words. It's just super maybe, mundane. Yeah. Murn. Murph. Murph. <laughs> I don't know why the fucking... And it's never happened to me before, like, reading a comic where I know what it's supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. But this time around, I just decided to read it that way. It's, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a moment... This this is going to jump back to Juggernaut, too, where Frankenstein, like, skydives without any safety stuff. Mm, yeah. And this jumps into combat. And I apparently really love it when characters do that, because Juggernaut did that. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So I need to find more books where just monstrous-sized characters, we'll say, yeah. skydive into battle. <laughs> Can you think of any? Um, I Oh, fucking, and World War Hulk. Yeah. Space dives into battle. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, God. Like standing on top of a spaceship that's like... Yeah. A, a giant spaceship made out of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about that imagery that I just find fascinating. It's, it's fucking dumb. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it it's stupid. It, it, it reminds me, um, what, what's, what are they called? Kinetic weapons? I like, mean, that's a thing. Yeah. Like where they, they, you know, then there's a plan to like, um, send up a bunch of like metal rods and literally just like drop them on earth as a weapon. Yeah. It's like that, but with a big giant monster. Yeah. Which makes it even better. Okay. Uh, so about the humanids, right? That's, that's something we've seen 
a lot in comics where it's like, or just sci-fi in general, where it's, all right, this um, AI type thing uh, suddenly gains sentience and what do you fucking do about it? Right, right? yeah. But the way it's weaved into the story, it's, um, I, I'm, it got me a little puzzled because it came around the same time as uh, when they were talking about, you know, uh, the Vietnam War and, you know, how we shouldn't have been there. Yeah. And, you know, uh, basically uh, big organizations, whether it's companies or uh, governments fucking up and, like, just doing shit they're not supposed to. Um, it I kind of... I guess it'll be, you know, picked up in maybe the second volume. But I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, how it ties together. It feels like it should tie together. Like, yeah, yeah thematically, you know, uh, Vietnam War and this situation over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't wrap my head around it quite yet. I didn't bother trying. Yeah? I just, I, I didn't associate the two. Okay. Really. I could see why one would. Yeah. I was just... Like, trying to figure out how they created these humanids that mm-hmm. only exist for a small period of time and then break back down to be recycled and to make new humanids. Right. Um, why? Like, do they decay? And if yeah. so, if they're recycled, wouldn't it still decay? Mm-hmm. So, it's like, why break it down and then do a recycle into it? Unless they're doing additives, I don't know. Well, I, I guess, like... So initially, they were recycled to be energy sources, not back into humanids. Oh. And then they figured out how to recycle back into humanids. Okay, got you. Yeah. Uh, but it... I don't know. It, it just it, it seems like a weird... Like, why would you want a workforce you have to reteach every single time? Or does, do they come... Like, I assume they, it's just like, insert whatever computer chip or insert whatever mm. consciousness right like in the manufacturing process mm-hmm. they don't really go into what it is they're just like weird yellow things yeah i don't know what the fuck they are really right so are they magic do they get zapped with magic or is it all well, tech i think well i don't know i i all i know is brother eyes involved yeah and that's an AI, so there's got to be some sort of tech right, yeah. aspect to it. That's right. I rem- Okay, I remember that now, because there was a virus or something. Yeah. And that's what spawned the the sentience. Yeah. But then, it's also weird, because, like, apparently Father Tom was trying to get the virus to, like, pop up in the system. Right. So, like, what's going on there? I don't know. There, there's, like, loose threads yeah. that... Could be tied up, but I, I don't. We don't really know. Yep, fair. And I, I literally got this though, just because of monster funness. Yeah. This other stuff was just added little treat that gave it some depth for me. Right. Maybe it doesn't answer all the questions. I don't really care. It's like, oh, that's an interesting thought. Back to monsters now. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of monsters, and I was happy with that. Yeah. And I think all that other, like, neat little stuff is just Jeff Lemire being Jeff Lemire. Fair. Yeah. And he likes to play with these ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a it's a solid read. Um, did you see how long the run goes for? No. I honestly, when I first looked into it from reading Wonder Woman, I'm pretty sure it was Wonder Woman. I can't 
quite remember. Um, I thought it was only just this, but mm-hmm. it's trade paperback volume one. Maybe there's a two and three or something. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't looked it up. I just I just thought this was it. But the way it ended with with the other first round of monsters coming out and the kid, like it doesn't sound like it ends. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, um, I I think I would. I don't know. If it if it goes on sale, I, I might check out some of the later uh, later mm-hmm. volumes because yeah. I, I do enjoy the characters. I like Jeff Lemire's writing. Yeah. So yeah, it's well, a thumbs up for me. Yeah, me too. I mean, if you like monsters, if you like giant tank treads with spikes and machine guns and AI science fiction bullshit, <laughs> read it. It's fun. Now, one thing is, um, I, I want to know is uh, the the art. It gets a little messy and cluttered sometimes. I don't know if you Con- uh, confusing. Yeah, is how I read some of the pages. Yeah, like I, I noticed some of the action panels that. Like a single panel will have like, I don't know, actions layered on top of each other yep. that gets it a, a sequence of actions all within one panel or one page even uh-huh. that you have to sit. I appreciated it because um, there's one where where uh, Frankenstein's like jumping down onto Omac, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really interesting that it showed movements. Mm-hmm through what you would think would be multiple panels, but just on one page. Mm-hmm. And that was cool to look at. But it, you had to look at it yeah. to really, like, almost micro-study to figure out what's going on. Yeah. It, and there's it, a couple pages that did that. It, it definitely, like, takes time to parse out what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And if you're, um, I don't know, if you're just, like, breezing through it, like... Oh, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can get a little confusing. But I've always appreciated art in comic books. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say nowadays more so than the writing. They're about equal for me now, but yeah. strong emphasis on art. And I appreciate that they tried right. to show movement and action without the barriers of panels, just mm-hmm. the flow. Didn't yeah. always work out, but it's cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's always nice to see people trying something, you know, a little different. And the it's not like it was garbage art when they did it. It's right. just a technique that eh, didn't really pan out the greatest, but still. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, I, I do like the the sketchiness of like the art. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's something about like just sketchy looking art that like really appeals to me. Like I don't know. Just I guess the roughness, rawness of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you own black Skechers? Uh, I do. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been, like, buying the same pair of black Skechers for, like, the past ten years or something. (laughs) I mean, I've mostly been doing that with my shoes. I changed it up. Yeah. But neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, For the album this time, it went with uh, Voivod Synchro Anarchy. Came out uh, earlier this year. And... It's weird. <laughs> Where are they from? Quebec. Ah, damn you. What? Aw. Okay, you're right. <laughs> where, where are you going? Man, I'm not telling you. Oh, god damn it. But you took my punchline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it. Now, now I'm trying to, like, think. Nope, what? continue. 
Who put it out? Um, I don't recall. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really doesn't, care. Doesn't matter. Go. Yeah. Um, but fucking weird ass album. It's it's I I wouldn't call it thrash anymore. No, time. not at all. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. It's it's very uh, to me very psychedelic and just kind of. It, the only thing is, it's just weird. It's weird. I, I don't know like how to categorize. It's it. interesting that you say psychedelic because if you take a step back and take, it's not psychedelic like people might think of with um like I don't know Jefferson Airplane or oh, yeah. Black Pink, Sabbath Pink or Pink Floyd, Floyd yeah. right? But it's psychedelic in that it takes these weird ass chunks of instruments that are doing weird bullshit together. Mm-hmm. And extrapolates that as if you can visualize taking guitars, bass, drums, all that, put it in a ball and bring it out into its own instrumental sound by itself. And takes a series of those to make this weird, spacey, psychedelic sound. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. And and like and I guess like the way you're describing it, it sounds like you got like bass, drums, uh, vocals... Uh, guitars all doing their own thing. Yeah. But then, it, it, at least for me, it all comes together and works as a song. Yes, that that's, works. Right, yeah. They're all doing their own thing, but within these these chunks of them doing their own thing creates that new instrument mm-hmm. that the song's created from. Yeah. it's. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. I've never been a huge Voivod fan, you know, I, eh, it's fine, but this album was interesting, and I liked hearing Snake yeah. go, we're all world eaters, <laughs> over and over. It's like, yes! I want this to be Galactus' <laughs> theme song so bad. <laughs> There's a lot of like surprisingly catchy parts yes. to this album, given how bizarre everything just sounds. Yes. One of my favorite parts is the end of the last song that riff just sounds so absurdly drunk (laughs) it's like like i don't know how else to describe it other than this music got really drunk (laughs) like this music somehow drank a shit ton of everclear or something (laughs) and it presented itself to us oh man i don't be presented to (laughs) but like I was I listened to that you know that that riff over and over trying to figure out how the fuck they got it to sound like that and I can't fucking figure it out. I, I yeah I couldn't tell you. Like it, it's got to be some mixture of like technique and like different instruments doing different things mm-hmm. and then just some music theory crazy shit that right. they know that I don't. <laughs> But it's amazing, and I wish I I want to do something like that. It's interesting to think, in general, with weirdo music, how much is, we'll say, a creative flex with musicianship and like mastering their art and their craft, and how much is doctored studio shit? Mm. Having seen Voivod live, I don't think there's much doctoring. There's no. some, of course, because yeah. it's a name in a studio. <laughs> right. But they know their shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, at least this incarnation of um, Voivod, it's, it's got Dan Mongrain on, um, on guitars. And he's like a legit like music professor mm-hmm. up in Quebec. <laughs> Quebec. Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he obviously knows it's fucking right. shit. Um, and it's interest. It's all always been really interesting to me since uh, Dan Mongrain joined how much he's able to replicate the sound of Piggy mm-hmm. without just straight up copying. Like it still sounds like Voivod, right? But it's different. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was the last album that Piggy was on? Um, it might have been Couture's or the one after. Okay, so I mean, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Um, but yeah, it's it's there's there's just a lot of fun stuff happening on this album. Like I remember somewhere on the first half of the album, there's this weird like syncopated uh, call and re- response thing that uh, the guitars and I think the bass does, where they just kind of trade off but it's like super syncopated and i don't know where things end and where things begin yeah and there's actually a lot of a lot of risks on this album where i don't quite know where it begins versus where it ends yeah but that that call and response thing from um that one song i I was talking about that that part just it really grabbed me it's it's so weird and it's timing wise it's just it just sounds so bizarre to me. And I'll be very embarrassed if it's actually just, like, really simple. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. They're just doing some some weird shit that I can't wrap my head around. Yeah. I got a very strong sense of, we'll say, what people... How do I say this? The music reminded me of science fiction from, like, the 1950s. Okay, yeah. It's the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound like anything that comes out in the 50s. Like, no. With the music or not even style. Like, it just weird science fiction. Yeah. And it made me think of 1950s science fiction movies. Kind of hokey, cheesy movies. Yeah. this music. I mean, th- that's always been kind of... Voivod's well, thing, right? Like, at least yeah. lyrically, right? Right? Yeah. It's like hokey sci-fi shit. Yeah. But now, like, what you're saying is the music really matches that that you know the the lyrical themes or whatever, right? Of, of the 1950s specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 60s. <laughs> we'll go. Well, I'll go early 60s. Early 60s. 50s to early 60s. Yeah. What do you think of uh, their their art direction? I liked it. Yeah. I really did. It's. Um, Sloppy. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It, it, well, what it reminds me of is, say, aliens did cave painting. Okay. That's what, in my head, you know, would be. That's that's what uh, Voivod's art has been, is, is cave, yeah, alien cave paintings. <laughs> what era of alien, though? Um... Uh, Definitely like prehistoric, like stick figurey, yeah, yeah, crude, um, <laughs> crude uh, depictions of things, <laughs> <laughs> of alien things, which, yeah, 
I, I think that's you know a pretty good match for uh, for the the art that Away has been doing for uh, for Voivod for you know however long he's been doing their art now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I don't know it's it's. I know there was a time where I wasn't a huge fan, but that art style has grown on me like over the years. Well, in this particular one, it's just intentionally bad, and it works really well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not the that it was done poorly. Yeah. It was done with an, you could tell it was intentionally done poorly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really liked it. I saw it. And it fits the music, mm-hmm. and everything just goes really well together. Yeah, it's it's um, it's definitely on my top five uh, releases this year. I think. I think it is on mine by default. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same, but you know. <laughs> but I would like to say, if I listen to more, this would still be in my top five. Probably, yeah. Cause Just because it's it's uh, standout, we'll say. Yeah, it's there's not much I've heard uh, quite like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, it, it's just a fun listen. Um, and one more, god damn it, what was it? Oh, the cynic song. So the the uh, I don't know if you caught this uh, or. But uh, the the second to last song, I think um, I, I forgot the name. It sounds like a cynic song done by by Vaughn. I'll have to go and listen to it again. Yeah, but I, mostly because of that uh, the first section of the song. It's got this uh, the the double picking technique mm-hmm. that that um, cynic does a lot, where you know they they outline chords. Basically, they they pick out each note of the chord by itself, but they play each note like twice gotcha uh sending does that a lot and i heard it on this album on i think the second to last song and used in a very similar way that i i personally think cynic does uh use the technique is like oh shit so this is what uh, uh cynic would sound like if uh they're from quebec <laughs> <laughs> in south florida yes i wonder how often luke hangs out with these guys from gorgut's I don't know. You'd think, like, musically they would like to hang out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, from what I can tell, they're, uh, at least Luke is a big fan of um, Voivod. And I know Dan Mongrain played in uh, Gorguts mm-hmm. back in From Wisdom to Hate. So, I'm, I mean, they yeah. definitely know each other. Yeah, they've crossed paths. Yeah. Maybe they just don't hang out with anyone. I think about that sometimes. Maybe. Like, who... Is Corpse Grinder hanging out with? Probably no one. He's probably hanging out with his family, to he's be honest. Hanging out with his guild. Or assuming he still plays. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm just thinking about that. Like, we have a, Atlanta, right? Yeah. Um, and certain people hang out with other people. Not that any band's huge. Mm. Um, I'm just curious. Like, who are the folks in Dark Angel hanging out with? Do, you know, like, do they hang out with other bands at all, is, or do they just chill out with Testament? I don't know. It's do they I have don't, like backyard barbecues. I don't know. Like, right. or does or are they just so old and cynical and keep to themselves? I don't know. I like to think that there's some community still because yeah. I know you hear about the old days 
of quote-unquote scenes and people hanging out. But did they really, or did they just go to shows? Right. I'm sure when they were younger, they were going to parties or whatever. Right. But like, I mean, and we did that. Yeah. Um, but it also gets harder when you get older and you're tired. Right. And your feet hurt. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, oh, man, I've been standing. My knees are killing me. <laughs> you know, like, I fucked up my foot back in uh, October. It's still fucked. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe go to the doctor. I probably should. Yeah. It's like, because all I did was, you know, I just tuck my, my leg under me, and then it's just like, oh, there's a sharp pain there now. Right. And, and that's and, how I sit like that often myself. Yeah. And I've got a lot more weight going down on them. So. <laughs> well, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> because apparently you can do something to your foot that will keep hurting for months. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yes. Um, but Voivod. Voivod. It's, it's, a, it's a good album. It's called Synchro Anarchy. And you should listen to it. Dingus and Dongus. They mock